0: I knew that when I wrote this book I had to find a way to make sure that hostess clubs were incorporated into them because it's such I don't want to say it's an integral part of Japanese culture it's not like you know if they went away then the world would collapse but they're they're fully integrated into Japanese culture. I am the New York Times bestselling author of Vanessa Michael Monroe Thrillers, Boots on the Ground, High Testosterone in a Female Body. Jack Reacher, Jason Bourne, if you like them, you'll like this. And um, this is my podcast. I'm flubbing my way through it. I have my good friend Steve Campbell here to keep me on the straight and narrow. We're just chatting and having fun. And we've been going over different aspects of the books. And this is all in preparation for the next in the series, which will be coming out on June 30th, The Mask, which takes place in Japan. And so now, if I'm not mistaken, we're going to be talking a bit about the plot and the story itself.
1: We absolutely are. And I I have to say, if you like your podcasts off-the-cuff, underproduced, you're in the right place because we're here to have fun and we're here to tell you about this process that Taylor's gone through. This is the fourth episode of the podcast, and in each episode we've covered a specific topic. So we've worked our way up to the story of her new book, The Mask, which is coming out on June 30th. So Taylor, uh, just give us your overview of the storyline of The Mask, and then, and then we'll dig into it a little bit.
0: Okay. Well, first, The Mask is the fifth and a half book in the series. But that doesn't mean that
1: people have to go back and
0: start at the beginning of the series. And this series, the, each, each book is plot self-contained. The plot is self-contained, but the characters run through from the beginning. And the main character that we hear of in which this series is named after is Vanessa Michael Monroe. She is a kick-ass woman, often masquerades as a man, information hunter, and you just pretty much don't want to mess with her because she's an angry individual that likes to be left alone. And it sounds really awful, but it's fun in writing. Uh, So in The Mask, we find her struggling to reconcile emotions because she's a loner and most of the people that she's loved in her life have gotten killed. and She blames herself for that. And in some cases, it's true. It is because of her that they died. And she, one of the characters throughout this series is a man named Miles Bradford, who is a um, former special forces, private security, owns his own company, and he does work that's pretty much as dangerous as hers. So they're equals in that sense. Different but equal. And he has a job in Japan... He's asked her to come just hang out with him. She has recently gotten healed from... She was very badly hurt in the last story, and she's still not 100% completely healed, and she needs the downtime. And they're like magnets, you know, North Pole, South Pole, constantly trying to find each other, getting drawn apart. And he's like, this is a chance for us to be together. So the book starts with her going to Japan to be with him, and it's very almost um, pedestrian in that sense, just the simple things, the, the life. And then she's at peace and calm, and it all gets torn away because he gets arrested for murder. And she knows he didn't do it. She doesn't have proof that he didn't do it, but she knows he didn't because he's not stupid and he wouldn't have set himself up for it. But he's also been lying to her, and she finds this out as well. So the story, once we get it really going, is her in Japan trying to find out who actually committed the murder because without that, Bradford is going away for a very long time and any hope that they ever had of having a relationship is also going away with him.
1: In the first episode, we talked about some of the research that you did in Japan, and I felt like that research really showed up in the book with some rich settings that just put me in a a place that I'd never been before, and I learned a lot about Japanese culture and Japan in general by reading this book. Uh, there were a number of things that I didn't know. Some some very specific differences between the way things are done here and and the way things are done in Japan. W- one specific instance that's a, sort of a driver for the book is the difference in the legal system and the presumption of innocence.
0: Yes. I mean, obviously, I'm not a lawyer, uh, and I've never been arrested in Japan, so a lot of this was... That didn't come on-
1: out in the first episode if you were, so if, <laughs> if you were, I'm going to be very disappointed that you didn't it's share it. It's a
0: secret that I've been holding <laughs> back
1: from everybody.
0: But um, I do know people who know people who've been arrested in Japan, and I've done a lot of reading on the subject, and it's it's surprisingly difficult to get accurate information that you can you know, pull, put down into a, a nutshell, just a, the, the bare bones of it. I mean, the United States is a little bit unique in that we, at least our legal system has that presumption of innocence until proven guilty. I mean, it, it doesn't always play out that way, not in society, not even in real life. There are people in, in the United States who've been held in jail three, four years waiting trial. And uh, we would think in our country, oh, my God, that's not possible, you know, how could you keep somebody in jail for four years without even letting get them get to trial? but it's legal, and we do it here. so but we, we do at least still have the presumption of innocence, but not it doesn't work that way in a lot of countries and in Japan, for all its mo- modernness, uh, it's still uh, you, know, you people still get smacked around, starved, you know, beaten uh you know isolated as a way to get them to confess to crimes and okay we do it here too but we do it in a different way um in 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 Japan it is um a very shame based culture and there's not a lot of crime and when people do commit crimes they usually confess them pretty quickly because in Japan confessing a crime gets you leniency and it it means that you're sorry there's some things that you know a, a formal apology is enough to give they go okay and then they send you on your way because shame is run so deep and the apology actually means something and so to have been shamed like that it, it is punishment when someone doesn't confess and the police are convinced that they they've done it they don't stop until they get that confession because so much of the legal system uh, is based around the idea of confession, whereas here in the United States, if somebody confesses, well, they're, you know, they're getting thrown away for a very, 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 very long time. So it's exactly the opposite in how it works, where there people will be encouraged to confess, and here no lawyer worth his salt would ever let you confess. Now, their whole thing is to keep any form of confession out of the the judicial system. So... Another thing that happens in Japan, and and this is kind of ties into the plot, is that the police there can hold you for 23 days without any formal charges. And they can extend that under, you know, if the circumstances seem dire enough, a judge can rule that that time frame can be extended. And they can also, it's 23 days per charge. So if they give you three charges, then that's 23 days uh, consecutively. Yes, consecutively. So during that time that someone has not been formally charged, they have no right to legal counsel. They have really no rights. And so it is possible for them to hold someone for a very long time without them ever having seen a lawyer, without them ever having contact with their family. It, it really all depends on who the people in charge are and how they feel about the case and they feel about the person. Uh, Bradford being a foreigner... It puts him in a very difficult situation because human nature, Japan here in the United States doesn't matter. It's, it's human that we like to blame other people for our problems, and uh, xenophobia is is uh, it's global global phenomena. And so, when something bad goes down, and it's the foreigner, it's so much easier to blame the foreigner or the outsider or somebody who's different from you than to look at your own brothers and sisters or your people and say, oh yeah, one of us did it. So that's what he's up against there. And, and this is what Monroe is dealing with in trying to, to get him out. And so the story revolves around that.
1: All right, there are a lot of things that, that I learned, as I mentioned earlier, about Japan in the book. And one of the things that, that kind of came through is, is, I think we all probably have this idea of what it's like to live in Japan based on what we've seen in the movies. But authentic real life in Japan is not what we see in the movies, is it?
0: I would agree with that. And in fact, I, I, um, I think I've already seen an early review of this saying that the, um, I underutilized the setting for the book. And that really surprised me because this entire story, the entire plot, everything is woven into the fabric of Japan and, and reality of life in Japan. I couldn't have written this story anywhere else. I could have written a derivative of it or something different, but not what I wrote. It's just that some people, I guess, maybe have an idea in their head of what the environment is like, and we're dealing with a situation that's in a city. Uh, there's a lot of really, really big cities there, and and life as, as it is, which is very... Um, very cloistered very tight there's not a lot of space there's uh it's not it's not all modern like everybody thinks everything's all modern there and there are a lot of modern aspects but it's not all modern and sometimes you feel this real okay i have to backtrack and say i was spent i did spend a lot of time in osaka and osaka is not at all one of japan's pretty cities it's like uh, grimy and so But that's where the book was written. So that's, you know, it's not reflective of Japan as a whole, but as a whole, Japan is still so much of it is still very old because Japanese mentality is one of austerity and um, and suffering and sucking it up. And so, you know, a lot of houses don't have air conditioning, even though it gets brutally hot and muggy in the summers. They do not have central heating even though it gets freezing, freezing cold in the winters. Children are still sent to school in shorts during the winters because it toughens them up. Um, as far as I understand it, prisons don't have heating or cooling in them, things like that, which we would in some ways find somewhat barbaric. But that is just how the country is. And you know, to have an air conditioner can be treated as um, it's considered a luxury good. In that sense, what we see in the mask is based on boots on the ground. It's not mm-hmm. it's not movie sparkle Hollywood big tall buildings. Those do exist, but it's it's like any city center has its big tall buildings and then, you know, it's not like that everywhere else. So
1: All right, speaking of boots on the ground, your boots were on the ground in Japan. We we covered that earlier. Um what what was it like to be you're not a Japanese sized person. You're you're bigger than they are or than than the average Japanese woman at least? Um, and you're Caucasian. So it, did you stick out like a sore thumb?
0: Well, it's very obvious. <laughs> there's, no way, there's no real way to hide as a foreigner in Japan, um, not not being white-skinned and not being... Um, it's a lot like many other uh, countries that I've lived in, particularly, and I don't mean this any disrespect, I'm just making a comparison, but it's a lot like being in Africa, where you can't walk down the street without it being very, very obvious that you don't belong there. Japanese culture, the way that I understand it, the way that I experienced it, is it's very polite and very face-saving and courteous, but that doesn't equate into welcoming. So depending, you know, there's going to be different, different people are going to have different, you know, it's, it's an individual thing. Some people are going to be very friendly and very welcoming to you as an individual but that doesn't mean that the society in general is welcoming to the idea of foreigners.
1: One of the settings in the book, and there, there were a number of, of great settings in the book, but one, one that we were in a couple of times was a hostess club. And I'd, I'd heard the term hostess club before. I've seen hostess clubs in movies, but I never really understood what they were until reading the book. So could you... Sort of explain the the concept of the hostess club and yeah. how it how it relates to the book.
0: Yeah. So um, this is I I knew that when I wrote this book I had to find a way to make sure that hostess clubs were incorporated into them because it's such I don't want to say it's an integral part of Japanese culture it's not like you know if they went away then the world would collapse but they're they're fully integrated into Japanese culture and hostess clubs are um, they're like bars very upscale bars where men go to be entertained by women and they pay for the woman's time in 15 minute increments or whatever the the going rate is and depending on the club and the quality of the woman the the rate is going to be very high or not so high and the The women will sit with the men and they'll fawn over them and flirt with them and tease them and just giggle and be girlish and, you know, whatever it is the guy wants, you know, as the attention. And uh, Japan is a very much like they do a lot of stuff after business hours. So uh, because it's a consensus making, it's a consensus society. Um, You're not going to have some head honcho making a decision that surprises everybody in the in the. Company, because that's going to cause loss of face. So the the people from whatever department, at whatever level, they're going to go out and they're going to drink and they're going to eat and they're going to talk and they're going to discuss things and they're going to come to a consensus unofficially before they come to an official one. And so so much of this stuff takes place off business property after business hours in these places like hostess clubs and and izakayas, uh, drinking establishments, and um, so. The hostess clubs, specifically, the best way that I can describe them is sort of an offshoot of the geisha tradition, where the geishas trained uh, to be the best hostesses, the best entertainers. That they were the perfect evening companion. And so now, though, instead of training for years to be the perfect evening companion, you have girls. That this is what they do as their job. It's not prostitution, but it can lead to that, depending. A lot of men sort of expect that there will be something more. And, of course, there is more money in it if, if that's the direction that the girl wants to go. There's always going to be pressure for that, but it's not part of the in-club environment because they're not brothels. And, uh, and so a lot of foreigners will, will do this. Uh, they bring in... Um, the clubs are often owned by the mafia, run and owned by the mafia, Different families have their different clubs. And um, they will get use agencies in, in Russia and other Eastern European countries, Philippines, and they will bring girls in to work in these clubs. And they will hold their passports in some cases, in some cases not. And then at the end of the tenure, they will give the passports back and send the girls on their way. And so the agencies will keep a commission and... Uh, because foreigners are, like, the white, the white blondes are, you know, they get, make more money because they're exotic in Japan. So that, that type of environment, it is, um, it is something that is unique to Japan. I, I don't think it exists in that nature anywhere else. And it's not looked on as, like, um, a strip club would be here in the United States. It's just, it's part of the after work environment and they're everywhere. And, um, and just like, you know, you go to a drinking district and there's going to be clubs everywhere along with restaurants and bars and and you name it. All
1: right. I've got one follow up question, but I'm not going to ask it this week. I'm going to ask it next week. And it has, it has to do with the way you do research and Specifically, how much of Vanessa Michael Monroe is you? So we'll get to that question (laughs) next week. In the meantime, we've talked about the mask. What's the best way for people to learn more about the mask? Maybe even pre-order the mask like I've done. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, And I did that in spite of the fact that I got a free copy from you.
0: See, this is why you're my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I am... People who want to pre order, by all means, please pre order. Uh, You can do it anywhere that books are sold. You know, if you're an ebook reader, you've got iTunes, you've got Kindle, you've got Nook. Um, I know some indie stores also have a way to to do ebooks through. I think it's Google or something like that. But anyway, you know, there's ways to do it. If you're a paper book reader, then again, all the same. If you don't care where you will get your books from and you want to, like, shop around, if you go to my website, which is www.taylorstevensbooks.com, there um, and you click on any of the images of the books that should take you to a menu that can take you to all the different stores it's a one-stop place where you can go um, it's not it's just a portal it's not like I'm you know selling them you're not you're not buying them from me you're buying them from the main stores but it's just a way easy way to get to all of them and see them in chronological order as you do it because sometimes it can be hard to see the
1: chronological order and one of the ways, that one of the places you can buy them through your website is uh, through a service called Indiegogo that that actually goes out and purchases the books from independent bookstores, right?
0: Yes, yes. So if you want to support independent bookstores, you can go, you can portal through my website. It'll take you directly to them, and I'm sure they would love your business.
1: All right, and tune in next week so you can hear the question that I didn't ask yeah, this I'm week. Yeah, I'm
0: dying to find out what it is. <laughs>
1: All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right.